Hey y'all, it's Justine Mentor from Mentor Management. I'm an LA-based dance choreographer and educator turned career coach, and I'm all about inspiring, motivating, and educating professional dancers. I'm so excited to bring you Dance Careers Unfiltered, where we chat about the nitty-gritty behind the business side of the entertainment industry. The stuff that people don't know, they need to know. Let's dive in. Welcome to Dance Careers Unfiltered. Today, I'm joined by John Sovek, former dancer turned therapist. Today, John talks a lot about audition mindset and the importance of supporting fellow artists. Not to give anything away too soon, but his quote says it all, how the therapy room is a place to face your truth and feed your dreams. I just love that. Please welcome John. Hey, John. Hey, how are you? I'm so good, thanks. How are you? I'm doing quite well. It's a warm day out here in California today, but we're all doing our best. (laughs) Oh my God, it's so hot. I'd like... It's too much for me. I really, I just recently moved to the Valley and I'm like, why did I do this? (laughs) It's so much hotter here. And for those of you who don't know, like the Valley is usually 10 degrees hotter hotter than the coast is. I know. Well, it's it's 10 degrees. I was in like mid-city before and this is like 10 degrees hotter than that. And I feel like mid-city was 10 degrees hotter than the coast. (laughs) So now I feel like I'm 20 degrees higher. There you go. Anywho's, I don't want to beat around the bush, but I'm very, very curious, John, uh, about your, I'm curious about your dance career, and I want to know, like, that transition from you from dance to therapist. I would love to hear all about that, and I'm sure anybody tuning in would love to hear as well. So, yeah, take it away, John. Oh, how exciting. Okay. So, I, wow, where to start? I always love this question. It's like, conceptualize your career in just a few brief moments. Um, I actually, you know, really started getting involved in the theater and dance, probably in junior high school. Um, as you know, most guys, we get to start a little bit later, and it doesn't, like, you know, affect our careers too adversely. I mean, I had some really great opportunities open up very early on for me for some commercial work, um, for some print work, some dance stuff, some theater stuff. And so it was all really a blast. And when I graduated high school, I made this very serious decision to give up theater and to go into marine biology. And I was going to be very, very serious about life. Um, I went to UCSD down in San Diego, and within six months, I got a job offer from Puma Sportswear to go out and do an industrial tour with them, doing all their new lines. It was a really cool, like, dance experience um, and just so much fun that I took the job. And I realized while I was doing that job that I was giving so much more energy to this process of of being on stage than I was to my actual schoolwork, that it kind of opened up a, a decision for me. And I called my parents up and said, I think I want to pursue a career in the performing arts. And they were like, yeah, we were waiting for you to figure that out. Uh, they knew it long before wow. I did. Um, so from there, I went through, I actually transferred schools. I got a full scholarship ride to an academy program, um, which really helped me focus primarily on the performing arts. And then I actually didn't even attend my own graduation um, from college. I was out on a cruise ship contract. Oh, my gosh. And I'll just tell this to any of you who are starting off your careers. Things like cruise ship contracts are can be a really great way to get some really good experience under your belt and also save up a little bit of money um, because there's no place to spend the money when you're on the ship. 
And then you come off the ship and you have a little bit of a cushion about which kind of jobs you want to take. So just kind of a little nugget to share with you all about my personal experience. I think it's a great way to start a career out. From there, I primarily focused on doing theater. Um, although most of my training was in ballet, um, I found I just really enjoyed musical theater, did national tours, did a lot of work with Disney over the years. And it was that work with Disney that actually helped me with my transition out. Um, I had been performing and making a really good living as a performer for quite a few years. And then I got the opportunity to move into entertainment management with Disney at a point where I was kind of curious as like, what was my next step? And so I took it um, after a lot of conversation with a lot of really good mentors and friends and advisors. And that gave me the opportunity to realize that I could be appreciated for more than just being able to count to eight, you know, and be in my center mark. And from there, I had a parallel life where I was doing a lot of volunteer work in the HIV and AIDS community, which was emotional support work. And so I knew I had this side of me that was really, you know, had a lot of empathy and really liked the therapeutic models. And after about four years at Disney, I decided this was not what I wanted to do with the rest of my life, work in a corporate gig. Quit it. Went back to grad school, um, did my 3,000 internship hours, took two different four-hour tests, and became a therapist. And I've been loving this work ever since. I think it's just a great outlet for who I am and the energy I have and what I like to do. And so it's, it's, been, a, it's been a really cool journey. Wow. That sounds so – it's so cool because it was so organic. Like, it just kind of happened. It wasn't something that you planned for, like, when you first started your entertainment career, right? It was just something that happened as you went along. Yeah, and, you know, I think there's a really good point to you, to you noticing that part of it is sometimes our careers can be a little bit more organic than we think they can be. Um, right. Oftentimes, like, if we started a studio, we get pigeonholed into one particular thing. I mean, most of my training was in ballet, so it's like, oh, you're going to be a ballet dancer. It's like, no. But I want that technique behind the work that I want to do. So I was able to go out and do, you know, tours and industrials and music videos and, you know, stuff for Disney because I had that foundational stuff. And I think it really made a huge difference in my body being able to survive my career. But oftentimes it is about us learning to listen to that organic flow to trust our instincts and our intuition and to see what what are where our creativity wants to be expressed. Well, I like that you said that because I do get that a lot. I get that question a lot. I get that kind of anxiety really from dancers who are just starting out. Mm -hmm. So I mostly work with professional dancers who are either just starting out their careers or who right. are maybe a couple of years in and are looking to kind of reset, get recharged and form a plan to move right. So a lot of them will be like, well, I have to choose something, right? I have to choose like I'd be a concert dancer and I have to be this or, and then they feel like they have to, like you said, pigeonhole them. You know, I think this idea too of us, you know, realizing that we are in charge of our careers as much as the people around us are in charge of careers can be such an important like growth moment for all of us in the performing arts because we often see ourselves as like kind of that lesser position to producers, choreographers, directors, and, you know, if only they'll hire us. So what I always tell people is why don't you just go in and realize that auditioning is actually part of our job. Go in, do your best work possible, and if you're not the right fit for the job, you're not the right fit for the job. 
And I think sometimes we have to really be able to kind of separate that, that need for our, our ego to be fed, to be told that you know, we're only good when we're hired and to realize we're actually good all the time. We just need to show up and do our job. And then when the right projects come along, we will, we will blend into those. We'll dovetail into them and we'll have amazing experiences. I love that. We are not our credits. You are mm-hmm. not your credits. Yeah. It's such a good one. It's such a good reminder, too, because we're asked for that a lot. Like, give us your bio to give us the highlights of your career. What was your favorite gig and this and that? And I feel like that never defines me. That never defines my career. Like, my favorite things are things that took time to develop and projects I worked on with friends or, like, behind the scenes in the dressing room. It wasn't, like, that one-day job or, like, mm-hmm. like I'm probably most known or, like, my biggest credit I did a I did an episode of Keeping Up with the Kardashians, and everyone's like, oh, my God, you work with Kim. And then I was like, that was literally two hours out of my day in, like, 2011. And <laughs> sure, it means, a, it means a lot. It gives me credibility and whatever. But it's not, like, the end-all, be-all of who I am as an artist. Well, I still remember this great moment with my mom. And I was doing some really big jobs and having some great experiences. And she was like, oh, that's nice. You're, you're out there, like, performing and doing stuff. And then I got some – oh, man, what was it? Oh, it was actually the commercial for the National Tour of Wizard of Oz. And she saw the commercial on television. And she was like, oh, wow, you met, you're on television. You made it big. And I was just like – Mm, thanks for recognizing that, but I've been making it big for a while here. <laughs> right. People don't recognize everything, all the blood, sweat, and tears that goes in behind the scenes before it actually, you know, they don't know that a, a three-minute performance took hours and hours to <laughs> yeah. learn and rehearse and perfect. Very underappreciated art form, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a place for us to also be willing to kind of speak up about who we are a little bit more. I always find it really fascinating, especially in working with creative types, is to challenge them to, when someone comes up and says, oh, what are you doing these days? That if they're not working, to actually learn to be comfortable and say like, oh, I'm actually between jobs right now. Versus if you ask most performers what they're doing, it's like, oh, well, I had an audition for so-and-so and I submitted some tape for so-and-so and there's something next week I'm trying out for. There's this weird shame that exists in our industry about actually saying, no, I'm actually not in, I'm not contracted today. I'm not in a job today. And it is, it's turned into this shameful thing. And I hear so many actors constantly talking about the possibilities and the what ifs, rather than just honestly saying, no, actually, I'm not working today. Yeah, that honesty is hard to conjure up, like you said, with that shame. And I feel like there's guilt involved with that too, because you want to portray yourself as somebody who's working. So you're like, and then you feel guilty for not hustling or, or having the next gig lined up. Cause I know so many people say like, you're only as good as your next gig. Mm-hmm. Right. And I feel like we've been, that's been ingrained in our brains for so long that it is, it makes us feel guilty when we're not working. Do you find that people, I mean, your clients are just creatives in general now. Um, have this kind of hustle mentality and if they're not working overly hard, if they're not beating some themselves down to the ground, then they're like, they don't feel worthy or they don't feel like, do you know what I'm saying? 
Well, and I think your question itself actually has some real great delineation in it. We can hustle and we can work hard to build an amazing career, but it doesn't mean we need to beat ourselves up for it. Right. You, know, you talked about beating yourself down to the ground. And think about this. Part of our job, especially if you look at a dancer, it's not just about the gig. It's about the audition. It's about the nutrition. It's about going to class. It's about having shots that look good. It's about having other aspects of our life that we can bring into the projects that we're working on. I remember I had this great experience where my agent, you know, I had to turn down a gig because I had planned a vacation. And as we all know, you'll always get booked whenever you plan a vacation. It's just the laws of the universe. <laughs> And I said, oh, should I stay in town? He's like, no, because the thing is, is you have to have a lived life to be the best performer possible. So you get out there, you have a great vacation, have a great time, and there's going to be a gig someday where that energy you picked up on the vacation is going to be just what you need to bring to that gig. And so it is about like having a balance of hustle and drive and dreams, but not making it be self-destructive. And I think that's the thing that I see in a lot of creative types is that it gets self-destructive. You know, oh, I didn't book that job. And sometimes it'll be about beating ourselves up or other times it'll turn into beating others up. You know, why did so-and-so get that job over me? I'm a better dancer than they are. And that kind of stuff does not serve us in any way, shape, or form. And it starts to eat away at our desire and our, our, our dreams about doing this work. And that's why I think the hustle can be good. But when we start to tear ourselves down or tear ourselves apart to be what everybody else wants us to be, that's where the danger signs come in. So then I agree with you. And it's definitely easier said than done. What is, what is your advice then to young professionals who are beating themselves up for not working as much as they feel like they should or if they're they're working their survival job more Maybe they like it, but they feel guilty about that or just like beating themselves up or beating others up for why did they book it or why didn't they book it? Is there like some actionable things that they can do to combat that? Mm -hmm. So the first thing I would say, when a friend of yours books a job that you don't get, I want you to deeply and authentically congratulate them and cheer them on and be excited for them. The envy and jealousy is a real tricky little demon, and it can get in there and eat at your heart, eat at your soul. But if you can authentically be happy for someone who booked a gig, that energy is going to carry on. And I don't mean to take this like way metaphysical, but the universe listens. And when we are in a, our best place, it's ready to respond with the things that we want. So it's not about every job being the end-all, be-all. And if you do have a side hustle that you actually like, don't be embarrassed about it. Enjoy it. Celebrate it. Do it. Um, once again, that sense of happiness and success in that way will come across when you walk into an audition, that you're a barista at Starbucks, but you're the best barista at Starbucks, so you walk into the room already confident. That confidence goes a long way. You know, I'll be totally honest with you. I was never the best singer, the never the best dancer, never the best actor. But what I did do is I brought in a really powerful energy into the room. And it was really fascinating watching people who are much better dancers than me get cut and then watching me go through the process and get hired for gigs. 
And a lot of it had to do with what I was bringing into the room. I was bringing respect for myself. I was bringing respect for the team. I was always kind and generous to the accompanist. I always talked and relaxed in the room and was very friendly. That energy goes a long way to getting you hired. And once again, true confession, I was not the best but I worked all the time and I made a really good living at it. And choreographers and directors would always hire me back. Um, I was often like the line captain or dance captain or show captains in the projects I was in. And once again, this goes to the attitude and energy that you bring into the room that is way beyond any training that you're going to get. Yeah, they always say, like, you're booked by how you walk in the room or you're being judged the minute that you step into the room or even on the drive on the way over. I've heard like horror stories of somebody like rushing, running late to an audition and like having like such road rage and like honking at somebody in the car and that person being like the assistant or oh, I love it. <laughs> something like that. And so 100%, I totally agree with you. And I, I, love that you said that about the energy that you bring to the table and that can out sometimes outweigh your talent. People want to work with others who they feel will be pleasant, right? Mm-hmm. Like you want to work with people you vibe with and that like bring a positive energy to the rehearsal process, to the, let's say it's a nine month tour or you're on a cruise for six months. You want to be with people you want to feel good around. So mm-hmm. I love that you said that. I think it's so important I do feel like I can say the same thing. I was not the best dancer. I wasn't the most flexible. I had terrible turnout, but I loved to dance and I loved being a professional. So Mm -hmm. like my professionalism and my reputation for that, I think preceded me in terms of that. So they knew they could rely on me. Like I would get back to the email and I would show up on time and I would be prepared with all the things they asked. I would actually read the email, right? Or something (laughs) like that. Or just present myself in a professional way. So I do think so many of those factors go into the booking process. Well, it's interesting too, though, because even when you have the gig, there are all kinds of unknown factors that are going to influence stuff. Um, when I was in Japan, we were there for nine months with a gig, and we had a really funny, like crazy cast, okay? And we did some silly stuff, and that's me putting it nicely. <laughs> but we had this one guy in our cast, and I don't know why he took a job in Japan in the first place, but from the minute he landed, he hated everything about Japan. He hated the food. He hated the accommodations. He didn't understand the language, so it made him get angry at people. He was sulking for the entire time we were there. So interesting things that happened. A lot of us from that gig went on to do some other work together. He wasn't invited. Um, While we were there in Japan, opportunities opened up for some special event stuff. He was never asked to be part of the special events team. And more interesting is that when we came back to L.A., and I knew he was an L.A. dancer, I'd never met him before, I never saw him any gig after that. Okay? So this stuff gets around really quick. All the directors, all the choreographers, all the producers, all the casting people know each other. This stuff gets around really fast. And so you need to have considerations. Can you be a real person? And can you have road rage and have a horrible experience? Absolutely you can. But don't make that the continuous energy that you show up with. And you talked about being on time and being ready. I'm sorry. I'm a believer in be there early and be beyond prepared. 
know your music, be warmed up before they get there, be the first one at the studio, be the last one to leave. This is what we love to do. Celebrate it. Treat yourself well and enjoy the process of it because that's the gift of it. We get to, to step out in that space and do it or, or dance with someone. My, my friend Kim, who actually connected the two of us. Yeah. We did this really strange gig. We did American Bandstand. Uh, it was a casino show in Atlantic City. And we met there. First time we'd ever met. And we hit it off immediately. But we used to do this funny thing, like, when we were, like, all getting, like, really tense, we would do, like, this partnered improv dance stuff together, and we would just, like, you know, feed off each other and do stuff together. And people were like, oh, my God, how long have you two danced together? It's like, we just met two and a half weeks ago at the beginning of rehearsal. But that kind of stuff, those connections, that joy, that expressiveness, like, breaking up the tension when it's there, that's what makes you get rehired over and over again. Absolutely. And I know that we kind of just went off of everything that we were chatting about in the beginning. And <laughs> I honestly, that's why it's like I set like titles with people when I when I uh, you know set to meet with them, and then it almost never ends up being like that. Like I just kind of get curious about other things, and I'm like, ooh, tell me about this, and what's your opinion? <laughs> um, I was actually a psychology major in college and so I definitely have like a a real interest in human behavior but I I didn't move past that but I do feel like as a as an educator and especially now as a one-on-one coach like I'm doing a lot of hearing about people and what they want to do and but I love listening to professionals talk about it and especially you as a as an artist I feel like you bring such a great perspective to that field. Um, can I ask you something? I want to ask you something else. Now, Go for that it. I have you. <laughs> what do you say to the people who are stigmatized by the thought of doing therapy? Because I do know there's a lot of people out there, and especially a lot of creative types, because, you know, we get, like, in that artist mode of, like, well, I'll do this, and then you, you're a little scattered, right? Because you're like, oh, I could do this, and I'm fine. So there's a little bit of that denial, a little stubbornness, and a little bit of, like, well, therapy is only for people who are like really, really beyond depressed, but I'm just a little depressed or I'm just a little anxious. So what do you say to those people? Well, if you're walking around a little depressed or a little bit anxious, that means you're not living your fullest life. And for me, the art of therapy is being able to come together and find ways for you to live that fullest life experience for yourself. And as artists, yes, we often put our needs in the back seat of the car. And what I want to suggest is, like we said earlier, you have to live a life. You have to live a full life. You have to be fully present in yourself, your body, your spirit, your mind to do the best work possible. And that's what a therapist can bring to the table. It's not about we have to go back and tear apart your childhood and, you know, look about who you loved and who you didn't love. It's sometimes just about being present with the disappointment of what's going on, where your trajectory is taking you. Maybe we need to re-aim that trajectory. Maybe we need to talk about how anxious you are when you go to auditions and how can we help relieve that anxiety so you can audition more effectively. Sometimes it's just good to have someone who's outside of your family circle and your friend circle and your professional circle that you can talk the truth with. Because that's the thing that we do in the therapy room is we encourage that truth, not that surface truth, but that deeper truth, a place where we can look down where those goals and dreams lift and we can try and like 
you know, repot them in better soil. We can, you know, feed them. We can water them to help you grow as a creative. And I think that's a really, really important thing to have a great team behind you, a coach, a therapist, a nutritionist, you know, someone to help you, you know, maintain your body. All of those things are beautiful and powerful. And I think having a therapist on board can really help you get your mental game up to like 122%. I like the specific number of 122%. Not 123%, but legitimately 122%. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think it's hard sometimes for people to take that step or to make those kind of investments for themselves because I think they think they need to keep putting their money and time into training physically Mm -hmm. and they kind of forget there's this other component or they're not even realizing that these things that they need to do and they become paralyzed with the fear of failure or the feel of not booking that job that they can't even make it to those auditions anymore and Mm -hmm. as we all know you're not going to book any of the auditions you don't make it to. So Right. I think it's important to always think of what is your mindset and mentality before you go to the audition and what is your mindset and mentality when you leave the audition. Mm-hmm. Those things are going to give you clues if maybe you need someone to talk to and someone to help you be better at this work and this process. Good. Well, thank you so much for joining me today and taking time out of your busy schedule to speak to everyone. Super, super appreciate your time and your insight. I loved everything you had to say. <laughs> I'm excited to have to post this. I feel like there's a lot of really good little nuggets in there, little good little quotes to pull and, from. And if anybody wants to contact me, you can find me on my website, which is johnsovec.com. On Insta, I think it's already tagged in here, at Therapy. Um, come join me, follow me, reach out if you have any questions or curiosities. And uh, I just, I just want everybody to be able to live their most authentic life and to bring their creativity out in ways maybe they've never even imagined they could. Absolutely. And I can put all of that information in the notes as well so that they can click right to your page and know where to find you for a little bit of unbiased support. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you and have a great rest of your day and stay as cool as you can. Absolutely. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. Don't forget to check out mentor.management on Insta and justinementor.com slash mentormanagement. That's M-N-T-R-M-G-M-T. Check out the show notes to find links to my offerings and today's guest. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show. See you next time.